Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving selection and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Orsman story. Orsman Ford Lincoln. Let's ride together. What Makes You Smile is brought to you by Dominion National. For anyone that needs dental and vision benefits, I have a one-stop shop for you. TeethKeeperSave.com TeethKeeperSave.com offers dental and vision benefits for everyone with plans starting under $7 a month. Don't have benefits through your employer? Are you self-employed and need dental and vision benefits? TeethKeeperSave.com has various plans for individuals to choose from. Visit TeethKeeperSave.com today and enroll in minutes. What's up, everybody? This is Fred Smooth. This is Landon Collins. Hi, I'm Ryan Kerrigan. This is the Redskins Talk Podcast with J.P. Finley. No, I'm really excited to go to Lambeau Field. Um, I know it's going to be very cold. Uh, i got a great fan base over there. I'm excited to go and play Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and it's going to be a great opportunity for us. What up, everybody? J.P. Finley, Redskins Talk Podcast. Hope you're having a great week. Uh, the weather's kind of decent. I'm in a car with Mitch and Pete and Mike Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch. Kind enough to join us. How are we doing, boys? Good to be here. Hello. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm good. I didn't know if Mitch... I always defer to Mitch first because he's the Thanks, Pete. second. You, this, this is the Redskins Panthers of podcasts. You just gave up 14 yeah. right out of the game. Yeah, right. I'll, but but you, you know what? you got to fight I'll back and have myself. a good pod. You know what? You're correct. That was as bad as your first CVS read, but your second CVS read really came on strong. the ability yeah. to bounce back from adversity. So um, your second hello will be better. All right. Uh, we're brought to you by the good folks, Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them and want you to do the same darn thing. A little bit of news. News? News. News. When we were at... <laughs> Pete is doing All right, now we're bit. down 21 in the second. It's not looking good. Pull me. Just pull me right now. When we were at the rally in Charlotte, um, a couple of the guys that we were hanging out with were wearing the, sh- the J.P. Pete, Mitch, and Momentum shirt. Yes. And a couple other people were like, hey, how can you? How can I get one? I was like, I have no idea. And then Mitch, or you had somebody DMing somebody you? Somebody was DMing me on Instagram asking the same thing. So I, I got a hold of Megan Clifford in the t-shirt department, and <laughs> t-shirts are available on sale, right? Just that burgundy shirt available on sale until December 9th. It's my understanding there's 30 of them available. Ooh. And December 9th is the cutoff, because that way you'll get it by Christmas. Assuming you're ordering, I don't know, I'm going to guess within the continental United States. Yeah. Uh, and it might just be the damn East Coast. I really don't. I'm not going to guarantee something that I don't know. I bet people have already stopped listening and have gone to order at this point. We so, got 30 of them? 30 of them. Ooh. Where do they order them from, We're all, We'll all post the link. And let's okay. put it on the Instagram. Okay, it'll be in our bio. I have no... You want me to read the link? Uh, it could help, yeah. All Slash right. question mark one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> www. <laughs> That's right. the important part of I'll it. I'll try to get the link. That's a good idea. I should have <laughs> yeah. thought about that. Right. We're telling people about these shirts. We're going to find out who really wants it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Philly, you got one yet? A, a shirt? Yeah. I don't have a shirt. You bought the Redskins Jets shirt? I got right, you bought a Redskins Jets shirt? I wear my Redskins Jets shirt with pride everywhere I go. You know what? You should buy one and at the bottom just write and Philly. <laughs> <laughs> just hand You're a regular contributor. You belong. Absolutely. All right. Bonfire.com slash momentum dash gold. 
slash. Perfect. Did I get that right? Yeah. All right. Well done. All right. Let's talk some football. The Redskins, I've been saying now for a few days, I don't want to hear about the playoffs. I don't want to hear about positive momentum. This is still a, a train wreck of a season. But you can hear about positive momentum. You go beat the Packers, the conversation changes. Everybody agree? Of course. Not that that'll happen. Yeah. But if, if you beat the Packers, everything changes. The thing is, the, it's a thirteen. They're thirteen point dogs. The playoff situation. The playoff they're ten point dogs of the Panthers, yeah. which is crazy. The playoff discussion, though, is is so dependent on what the Eagles and Cowboys both do as well that they can go win in mm-hmm. in in Green Bay. They have no control. They have the furthest thing from control over their own destiny. Yeah, and also they somehow pull out this one in a million shot. Odds are they get stomped on by the Niners. It's not like they're going to all of a sudden vault themselves into real contender. It's oh, just I don't be think another. This, I don't think they this play in the Niners any, in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> what? This, this We're talking a, about the conversation no. changing, being a playoff. No, no, no. For me, it no. changes about. Just the growth the and okay. the direction of the organization. Okay. I thought we were jumping all the way into full. You crazy jumped into mode. the NFC title game, Pete. They would host the Niners. <laughs> yeah, the Niners. The Niners are in the are in the wild card. They still now. got a lot of football left. Okay. Out right. I thought that's where we were no. going to zany mode. Okay, no, what, yes. J- what JP meant to say is the conversation changes for two people: Bruce Allen and the head coach Bill Callahan. And the quarterback. I think mostly for the quarterback. I, I think things start to Bruce really look different. Bruce Callahan have their futures go from likely to not be back to likely to be back. I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I, don't, I, I think I think the Bruce decision is further along than mm-hmm. a win in Green Bay saves. Yeah. I also think... I, Callahan, I, I think the Callahan discussion is different because if they do win this week and then all of a sudden his record is... He'd be four and four since he took over. Is that right? Four and five. Four and five. If Callahan gets this band of misfits, whips them into shape, and all of a sudden they're starting to win real games with a young quarterback, and and they're committed to running the ball. And I mean, don't look now, everybody that hates running the ball, but look at the best teams in the NFL. They all run the snot out of the ball. So it, it maybe Callahan. I, I think. On some point, maybe the Callahan discussion becomes different than the Bruce discussion. But, I, again, I go back to I don't think any of this is particularly relevant. I also – I don't think they're going to win in Green Bay. Aside from whether you think they're going to win or not, Callahan is is tied to Bruce, in my opinion. If they bring in – if Bruce somehow goes or they or they bring in a GM below Bruce to, to, do, that role, to do that job, that guy is going to want to bring in his own coach. What if and Bruce if leaves and the organization stays largely intact outside of that? That that would be the scenario I could see things continuing. And I, I again, I put all of this at like five percent. I don't think yeah, any of this a, is happening, but somehow I mean, this is the. You're the, putting the, Bruce leaving at five percent? No. Okay. I'm putting. I'm going way higher. I'm than putting that. anybody staying at five percent. This would be the Kyle Smith plan, right? For instance, right, right, right. If 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 Eric becomes team president, Kyle becomes GM, and they let Callahan, right, and Callahan stays. That scenario. But I think there are going to be. I think it's all going to look very different. Yes. So where I'm going with all of this is the win in Green Bay, to me, would be the most important for Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne and Kelvin Harmon and Steven Sims and Terry McLaurin. Right. And Geis and, like, And the what, entire defense. And, and, and if they're going to go into Green Bay and win, that means they're going to play pretty well against Aaron Rodgers. I don't expect the Redskins to all of a sudden put up 40 points. So you're talking about Fabian Moreau. You're talking about... All of the young guys, Montez Sweat, everyone across the defense playing pretty well against 
a Hall of Fame, the best quarterback of this generation. Yeah, the reach of this win would be the players in uniform, and I don't think it would go anywhere above that. That's where I'm at. But I think it would... And all the wins, hopefully, the rest of the year. Right. A four- or five-game winning streak, or three out of the last five. From Bruce, we've seen a decade worth. It shouldn't be saved by a good December. Right. All of that said, I want to get to here. What are the chances you have of them winning in Green Bay? Mm, 10%, 15%. I was going to say 2%. Wow, that's a lot. Really? Yeah. I think, Especially late in the year. Funky things happen. In and if there's, weather, the Reds, if, if there's weather and the Redskins can play the dirty, messy game that they want, Running the ball 35 Green Bay can run the hell out of the I, ball, too. I feel sure like, they can. I, I feel like it would be a, 2%. I feel like it would be a repeat of the Niners game in the slop where the Niners were clearly better and they blew them out by Green nine. Bay barely slid by the Panthers at home in a, in, a, in a snowy, dirty game. They got the doors blown off by the Niners. Uh, it's not like this. It's not like the Packers are the juggernaut that they've been. Yeah. The de- there was all this talk about the improved defense and how good they were going to be this year. And they're kind of a, for the Packers, it's a pretty middling season. I do think the Packers are a little overinflated. A little bit. Now, if you got them in FedEx, I mean, that'd probably be a home game for Green Bay. Yeah. But traveling to Lambeau is also intimidating for a rookie quarterback and a bunch of guys that haven't done it before. And I, I, I interviewed Montez Sweat. You can hear that later in the podcast. And he, he said, he's like, oh, it's just another game. You look at the film. You, you look and see what you can do. And I was like, come on, man. You're also going to Lambeau to play Aaron Rodgers. And I think I think for a lot of these guys, it's the Rodgers effect that carries more than going to Lambeau. But I think a lot of these guys, especially we were talking about this, a lot of these guys are from the South, played in the SEC. I think Lambeau is going to be an eye-opening experience. Not that Buffalo wasn't, but I think this is almost a month later, a month colder. The weather could – they're expecting snow on Monday. Who knows how that right. changes as we get closer to the game. I would almost counter that with – I think weather-wise, it, it can certainly be a shock to the system for a lot of these young guys. But I don't think atmosphere-wise. I think you talk about all these guys that played in the SEC and played big-time college football. Lambeau, the atmosphere is off the charts. But I don't think it's intimidating for a guy for guys who played in front of 120,000, 110,000 at Bama. And, Fine, and, but combine that with it being 27 degrees. It's just a different experience. Is Columbus, is Columbus the middle of the south? Yeah, but the, I mean, no, I guess. It gets cold up there. They went to Nebraska in the middle of probably, December, yeah. you know, the guys, Iowa. The like, guys on this team have had some, some cold weather, right? Not, not just Buffalo, but the Niners game was ugly. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the home game the other week, the Lions, uh, it was cold that day too. Yeah, but I think your point, the more that they can muck up this game, the more that they can hand the ball off to AP between the tackles and, AP and, and get Geis moving, uh, the more we're going to see of that. Well, and, when does that need to change to Geis and AP? I, I, the fact that Geis only had 10 carries when he's getting 13 yards a pop in Charlotte, I'm not sure that's the way it's supposed to look. He's two games off of a knee injury and a season off of an ACL. To me, I'm perfectly fine. When you're healthy, you're healthy, man. Sure, but there's no reason to there's no reason to overload him. Yeah. Overload him early. Now maybe maybe you're saying guys should get 15 and Peterson should get 10. I'm not saying it should be 30 to zero. I'm saying that switch should start happening. It was 13 carries for AP to 10 for guys. I think that should start switching. Well, what, was, what was the play? Do we know what the play breakdown was? Snaps. Was, yeah, snaps. Um, guys only had 19 snaps. Yeah, okay. guys so still was, the yeah. fewest. Um, I think two factors are in that. And get Wendell Smallwood off uh, the field. Bill loves AP. He's AP's. Dude, anytime you need to get Bill going, just ask him about Peterson. And also, yeah, maybe they see that Geis is such a physical guy and he has only so many carries in him. 
you know, why use a good chunk of those in a pretty much lost season? Maybe just let him continue to get slowly um, into this running game. You can make him be the number one option, but he doesn't need more than 13 or 14 a game. Use those next year when, when you're, you're healthy, zero you're healthy, zero. man. I don't know. Philly, where are you at on that? You need to give guys more carries. Yeah, you need, he's yeah. electric. He's fun to watch. He's the future. He's all those things. You also need to get him in there more on passing situations. They got a big old tell right now, you know, when Wendell Smallwood comes running out there. Well, and now they got CT back, which complicates things a little bit. Or maybe complicates is the wrong word, but. It doesn't doesn't complicate things, but you need guys in there on passing downs to run a complete offense and to keep the defense up. Guys needs more. We can debate the carries and the touches. He needs more snaps. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I, I agree with that. On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Chevy Buick GMC. Let's ride together. A couple quick hitters. Montez Sweat's going to be fine. He, If you remember, he came out of the game in Charlotte. Uh, Morgan Moses says he's going to be fine. Was back at practice. Did you see? Uh, he had a he had a big pad on his back. Dude. It looked like it was like a bruise, like a bruised back, not like a... Back injury, if that like makes he took sense. a helmet like, to the yeah, spine. like he took something to the back of to his back. I'm dealing with a rib injury that I'm gonna have to. We'll talk. We've been fighting for men's health for a while. Not against it, for it. Yeah, or for. And uh, I might have to go to the doctor again. I got something. That happen? I don't know. I, will, will you be wearing uh, loafers or cleats in support of that cause on I, Sunday? We'll see. Your cause, your we'll cleats. We'll see. There, I have a theory on how it happened and it's quite embarrassing and i'll tell you guys when we're not recording okay um, <laughs> oh boy <laughs> yeah um so montez is back morgan's back kerrigan is back kerrigan is back out of the concussion protocol i think that's important a new streak will begin probably that's true um it'll be interesting because montez kind of played better on kerrigan's side of the field well, kerrigan is deaf in one ear so there's a issue of him lining up on one side well you're watching the ball yeah, well, being able he's to hear still, stuff and hear the still, step count and stuff. He can still yeah. see. I know, but that's he is winds that, up primarily on that side because is he that can't the hear. Ul, Is that the ultimate in tuning out the crowd, though? That's true. It's true. <laughs> Think about it that way. <laughs> is there, is there a... Is there can't a, hear the noise. <laughs> is there a Jaren Jer, uh, Christian, Morgan Moses discussion to be had at all? I think, if anything, it's Jaren so. and Donald. I don't... I don't think either... Maybe it gets there because Bill is making a point of playing the younger guys. Um, but I think Jaron in pass pro is still such a liability yeah. that it's not much of a discussion. That's just my take. I think that he he looks good in spots, but he has a lot of real bad reps in pass pro. 
Phil, I, think, I think it depends if you're trying to win or not. You need to give Jaron more snaps because you need to make an evaluation yeah. on him for the 2020 season. Yeah, but do you? But because he, he's he, under contract no matter what. He's not going anywhere. You've got him on a third-round right. deal. You're not planning on him being your starter next year. He might be. That's, that's what you have to decide. But, like, there's so much more football work that happens when this season ends by next September 10th that you got plenty of time for that full eval. But you, assuming Penn, assuming Penn moves on with his life, right? Do you need to draft somebody? Do you need to sign somebody in free agency? But what, I, I what think, you need to do? I think Can the Jared elite left tackle. Or no? Sure, but like I don't think you have to play him against the Packers and the Eagles to know that. I think the elite left tackle draft pick will happen regardless of whether Jaron Christian gets reps. You know That's, what I mean? Yeah. To me, that first round pick has to be almost has to be your left tackle. I wholly disagree. I mean, if that's the right play, one, the, there are, there's so many, the goal should so be Chase Young. And then if it's not, you have to look. I mean, where they end up is a huge part of it. Of course. Um, Shover sent us the thing from the, the Athletic. Uh, taking a tackle but not. Yeah, Philly, if I was going to tell you the Skins are taking. So the Athletic's first 2020 mock draft has the Skins taking a tackle. Where do you think he's coming out of? I would guess Alabama, just going out on a limb. Right. Here you are. I mean, everybody expects it to be this guy, Andrew Thomas, or the Georgia dude from tackle. Iowa. Is it Tristan Wirfs? Yeah. But according to is, is it's not Ben Stanek, it's Dane Brugler. He has the skins at three taking Jedrick Wills, who's a right tackle at Bama, but, uh, you know, has some athleticism and all these things that will probably test at the combine. Something to keep an eye on. We're not going to go full draft right now. Somebody was out. Paul Richardson was out. Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn. I don't think – I don't know this at all. This is pure speculation. I don't know that we see Trey the rest of the year. He's, he's in the I hope we don't see him the rest of the right. year. Right. That, that didn't look good. He, yeah, let him recover. And you have a guy behind him who's blossoming and you want to see more of anyway. Exactly. So. That, yeah. I think that's it's all kinda, part of it. Yeah. Convenient's not a good word, but that's just kind of how it works Convenient. Out. Two discussions to be had here, gentlemen. One is about Dwayne Haskins. Okay. Two okay. is about stadiums around the NFL and plug and Phillies joint um, – before we get to that, though, I want to thank the good folks, Orsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. Hope you do the same. Go check out Orsman Buick Chevy GMC. You know who runs that store? Bob Biaggi runs that store. What a guy. Go see our guy, Bob. You know who we're going to see on Saturday? Bob Biaggi. Yeah, he's going to Green Bay. Bob Biaggi. Right? You know where we're going to be on Thursday, Mitch? You tell me where. Dudley's in oh. Arlington. Philly, have you been there? Have you been to one of our things there? No, I need to come to one. Are you staying in town be- this week? Uh, no, but I'll be here tomorrow, so that's good enough. Right, but you're not going to come out tomorrow night. I'll come out tomorrow night. Oh, then sold. Perfect. Hell yeah. All right. um, he pushes article big and game, comes to a Dudley's. Big so. game, too. Yeah, dude, it's Cowboys. It's a playoff game for these Redskins. Right. Wait, so if the Cowboys win tomorrow, is it, is it's it's over. Over. Extreme Which done? doesn't make sense to me. Because that just gets them to seven wins. Couldn't the Skins still get to seven? Common opponents or something? I have no idea. But, there's, there's, they, but they still play them head-to-head. I know, but there's... But they, the, the best they can do is get to one and one. figured it out. Yeah. The Cowboys win tomorrow, the Redskins are F. I know, but it just doesn't add up to me. Ask Math is in your strong suit. I, I'm not. We're still trying to figure out what is. There's <laughs> apparently a scenario still alive where the Cowboys could be six and ten in one division. Please. The it, NFC East is. It, how remarkable is it that the NFC East is worth more money than any other division in football? And granted, there's a bunch of Super Bowls, right? Like mm-hmm. here, it's been a while, but the Giants, the Eagles, just won. Well, they were one. six and three last year, so that helps. Sure, that, they got a banner for that. That's true. But uh, keep that in mind. I mean, think about it. The, they beat Green Bay last year. The, the Skins and the Cowboys are the two, I assume, are still the – the Cowboys certainly, and I, I would still think the Skins are the number two heavyweight cash-wise. They haven't been relevant since – I mean, the Cowboys 
mid-90s. This team, really the 80s, but they had the 91 season. I mean, yeah. it just shows the power of markets and, and, yeah. and being relevant off the no, field, the, having the Cowboy, issues. And the Cowboys issues. have had a much better decade than the Redskins. Everybody, just about everybody's had a better decade. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's remarkable that this team, with all of their struggles, is still a top 20 sports franchise in the world. It's still probably a top 10 in the U.S. Yeah. By the way, you gunk up this season the most by finishing second because the Eagles have started uh, being terrible. You right. You that second-place schedule, and, and you end up second in the division. Because they're already – I think I think right, they're going to be the third-place schedule. I think the Giants are sinking away. They might play Eli. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. I don't know I think, how – I think second's in reach. If you beat if – you oh, so, oh, I got you. If, if you beat the Giants – Because the Eagles then, are only, what, five and seven? Yeah, and you get the Eagles still for one more head-to-head. Right. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I don't know how we got there. Going to Dudley's, they got a new promotion on Thursday nights where it's buy one entree, get a second entree free. So Damn good deal, Dudley's. Outside of our normal pizza and wings, yeah, we might get some entrees, boys. Explore that. Yeah. Are, are wings an entree? For you, Philly, they are. Yeah. I know how you like them, as hot as humanly possible. So hold on. So if they finish in second, they get the second place team in the NFC North, which is probably the Vikings. Vikings or Packers. Yeah. And they get the second place team in the NFC South. Which is going to be the Saints? That one's more of a variant. No, no, the Saints already variable. won the division. Oh, so that's yeah, that probably that's, Panthers maybe. Panthers. Yeah, oh, that, that, that's that a, could be. Any other. You want to talk about a bad division? That division is. If the Saints weren't there, that's a bad NFC division. NFC has a worse point differential by more than hundred points. The Saints clinched mathematically yeah. like early November. So you have yeah, it's either the Panthers, the Bucks, or the or the. It's uh, a lot of weird looking Falcons. ahead in this podcast. Yeah, like, it eight is. months, ten months in the future. Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving selection and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Chantilly Kia. Let's ride together. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving selection and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Ford Lincoln. Let's ride together. We got Dwayne Haskins. I had this conversation in the press box in Charlotte with a couple of our colleagues. I thought it was interesting, and I think it's perfect to do this week with Aaron Rodgers on tap. Uh-huh. So the scale is 0 to 10. The scale is John Beck to Aaron Rodgers. John Beck being a 0, Aaron Rodgers being a 10. I'm, a, I'm open to other zeros if you have nominees. Jamarcus Russell perhaps is a better zero. Whoever, whatever bad quarterback you want. But we're using Aaron Rodgers in this case because they're about to play him. Works out. On that scale, 0 to 10, I want to know... Where you have Dwayne Haskins right now? Sunday. Where where is he going into Lambeau to take on Aaron Rodgers on a scale of zero to ten, 
Philly. I don't love this game because he's he's off my scale. In your scale right now, Dwayne Haskins is a five. And I say this, Dwayne Haskins, talent-wise, right now is an eight or a nine. And I think if you let him loose, if you said, here's the ball, go make plays, I think he could make a lot of He could potentially be really, really good. But I think that's the last thing you want long-term. I think what's important for this kid is learning to do it the NFL way, learning to do it within the system, learning to not improvise but make the reads, make the correct reads, find the receivers. And I think he's a two or a three at that right now. I don't think he's very far along in that process. But you said on your scale he's not ranked? So, so I think he's an eight athletically, and I think he's a two or three developmentally. So that so so I'm going to give him a five coming into Lambeau. Okay, so that's the Phillips that was, that was scale of QB rating. Yeah, I'm going to put him at like a, a three, but I'm encouraged because you put him at a three. Yeah, damn. <laughs> I mean, wow. I'm writing a story. There's I'm, no right or wrong I mean, answer. Yeah. That's I'm writing a story low for tomorrow, and that's just one subjective random stat, but Rodgers' lowest QB rating, pass rating, since 2008 is 92. That's his worst season. Dwayne right now is a 58. Pete does a good job at that hand-picking stats. Yo, dude cherry-picks like cherry a mother. I mean, is like that a not mother. a fair way to compare it right quick? I know totally different guys, totally different experiences. But I, I think that'd say, be more fair if you looked at Rodgers' rookie year to Haskins. Not Rodgers right now, year 13. Well, Rodgers' first season starting was 2008, so that's the sample yeah, size. Yeah, it wasn't and his worst right. number was 92. To be fair, that wasn't Because he, he sat for two years. He sat for a few years. Your 10, your 10 wasn't Rodgers. I'm not saying his rookie, rookie year. Rodgers now. I, I agree with Haskins that. I'm saying for the story you're writing, yeah. you tend to cherry-pick stats. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> Haskins is a three. What I'm saying is not his rookie year. Rogers' first year starting is what I would be comparing yes. Haskins to now. Which is 2008, so that's when the stat goes back to. But, but you're doing so the average of all of that. No, his lowest since 2008 is 92. That year it was higher than 92. Okay, I, I get it. To I'm compare Haskins the, and Rogers is tough. I know. Yes. You just told us to do it, kind of. No, I'm saying... And I just ducked it. Yeah. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm I know, saying on the scale. On a scale of 0 to 10, where is Dwayne now? He's a 3, but I'm encouraged because he was a 2.5, and, and now he's a 2.7, and a 2.8. He's growing very, very slowly, but he's still so far away. Like, we're getting excited over Dwayne's two-minute drill in Carolina when he strung together three first-down throws, and, like, that was one of the better stretches we've seen. Aaron Rodgers calls that, like, a casual day in September. I love that you are refusing to succumb to Ashburn syndrome. I applaud you for that. Thank you. I think you might be grading a little tough, but I applaud you. Well, let's, let's hear the other numbers. Well, first. dude, one Thought. more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Okay. Uh, We're not going anywhere. So, <laughs> I read in the post today that this is perfect that you said John Beck. Dwayne Haskins' QB rating, not pass rating, the QB rating, which is ESPN's metric, would be the fourth lowest of the entire stats history, which goes back to 2006. One of the three quarterbacks lower than that is John Beck. So he's playing like John Beck right now. Yeah. So it's, a fa- it's an interesting scale. So I think he's better than John Beck, but not by a whole lot. And if you go by QBR, he's basically John Beck. The Redskins rank in the bottom three of basically every meaningful passing category in the NFL right now. I think. And some of that's case, and some, one of that was Colt. But yeah. There's a lot of reasons for all of it, but I have Dwayne at, at a four right now, but I think that, that that you have to look at it as an ascending four. I think if you looked at him, if we graded him after New York or after either of the early season games, he would have been a one or a 1.5 or something like that. Yeah. I think each week we're seeing him do better, and I think he's moving his way up the scale. I don't think he can be a five yet because he's yet to have a good football game, I would say. Um, based on yeah, any his other... best performance was fine against Right, Buffalo. he's had a couple fine performances. He hasn't had a good game yet, and I, I think you got to get 
good before you can be an average in the average realm of NFL quarterbacks. They've sold me, by the way. On what? Going lower? Yeah. Yeah, I think you were way too high. I think he's an ascending four. I think that the ascending four, four. Ascending four. I don't think he can be like above a five until you. They have the games they've won have not been because of Dwayne. They've been because of really good special teams. And really Remember good when running. we used to look up baseball cards? He's a four with a little arrow up sure. next to it. So I, I like the ascending four actually. So when I had this conversation in Carolina, it was with uh, Lake Lewis and Donna, and the conversation was Lake shockingly was was very very high, and I was like, "You're nuts." He was like, on a scale of uh, John Beck to Dwayne Haskins, where is Aaron Rodgers? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he would ask. But I, at that moment, I was at a three and a half. I was like, dude, I'm not talking about what he can become. I'm talking about right now. Yeah. So I, I think I'm at a four now. I, I I was a little bit encouraged by the Panthers game, and I know not everybody was, but I thought a lot of, like, the mechanical – what I like about the kid is that I don't question the intelligence at all. I, like, I think he is starting to get it, and it's just getting it in speed, but there are still brain farts. Like, as dumb as the selfie was and inconsequential, that was an example of just not taking the totality of the situation in. And I think those things are still occurring on the field. And the selfies, just, just throw it out the window. It's stupid to get yelled at, everybody moves on. But, like, the stuff on the, like, missing that screen pass that would have been six to, yeah. I think it was to Hale Henches. Yeah. You can't miss that, dude. The McLaurin one on the goal line against the line. You can't miss that, dude. And, like, you don't get to move up into approaching passing territory on my scale until you are hitting the can't miss. Yeah, I mean, they, he had a fumbled handoff with AP last week. He had the jet sweep botch with Steven Sims. Like, these are things that just are still pretty elementary so, stuff. So, four, five, three? Three, yeah. Four? Four. Let's so that's four. Okay. That's an average of four. That's eight and eight. That's 16. That's four. four. Yeah. Got it. Did you use the brain farts? Were you, uh, was that coming from, um, you remember our training camp interview? Julie Donaldson was interviewing um, Dwayne Haskins and asking about his his improvement over training camp and whatnot, and Kevin O'Connell came up behind him, and Dwayne said to Kevin, "He's like the one thing I got to bra- I got to stop doing are the brain farts, right?" So, so f- good, good, uh, good callback. That is good, good context call- right there. Mm-hmm. So we've got him at a four going into what week? Are we thirteen? Fourteen. Week fourteen of twenty nineteen. Fifth start for what, Dwayne. What is his potential number now on a scale of zero to Aaron Rodgers, Philly? You have the floor. His ceiling to me is still enormously high. He does things you just don't see many people, even at the NFL Example. level, do. He did the throw to McLaurin in the very first game. Jets game? Yeah. The just, called back one? Yeah, the, the called back one. Just the, the poise, the presence, the arm strength, okay. the, the ability to deliver it on a rope. Um, the one where he scrambled in the end zone and hit Sprinkle low, the Sprinkle drop. Yeah. yeah. Was, was another example was great play. of a throw where just so few people in the world can make that. I continue to be very, very skeptical that he can reach his full potential inside this organization. Mm. Stole my point. Well said. I think his ceiling's enormously high, though. Yeah, I don't think... Not to say he'll reach... You all, yeah, what's his number? You, you, the way to make a lot of money in the world would be to bet against rookie quarterbacks coming into the NFL. So few of them ever pan out. But if you're talking purely the raw materials, he's got them. Yeah. So what number do you think he could be? A nine? Ten? Yeah, he could be a nine. Absolutely. But like he could also still just be where he is now, and, he's, and that's a three. He's most likely to finish his career. I'm saying his, his potential. Yeah, I know. He's, he's most likely to finish his career as a four, and that's not but a that's knock on the kid. That's just in every podcast. quarterback that has ever yeah. started in the NFL. Yeah. But he ceiling, nine, absolutely. Yeah, I think 
He's got some jaw droppers. Yeah, I think maybe the arm it's, is it's, outrageous. it's not a full-on 10, one of the best to ever do it, but definitely an 8 or a 9 upper echelon quarterback. Just, just like Philly said, he's gifted beyond belief. But I am worried about can he be gifted beyond belief and reach his potential while wearing burgundy and gold? If he's playing for a different franchise, how much more confident would be would be be? So it's just as much about the stuff around him as it is about Twain. But I, I like that he does seem to improve pretty much every time he takes the field. There does seem to be a little bit better in some area that we were criticizing the week before. So I like that he's getting better, and I'm excited to see the jump he makes in year two, and I hope they give him the whole year. What's the number? Uh, eight or nine for me. Nine. Nine. It's a pair of nines? It's a pair of nines. Yeah. That's averaging a nine. I think I think your guys' description of him, not whether he develops in this organization or not, is kind of fooey. I think Ooh, that you're gonna. Fooey. I think things are changing after this season. I think I think that that we've seen a pretty hard bottom out, and even if it's not in the Bruce Allen realm of him being gone per se, I think that you're gonna see a new coach. You're gonna see new coaches in. I think we're gonna see a clear delineation between football and non-football stuff. I think that. I think that, that we're going to see some changes here, and I think all that goes to Dwayne's improvement. I, I think you talked about some of his eye, eye-opening throws. To me, the, the the throws that stood out to me as much as those were the third and 15 from Carolina that he completed to to uh, Harmon um, over the middle, and then the throw that he made again to Harmon in the end zone that ended up being incomplete. It was a third down ball. Tight coverage on Harmon. He put it where only Harmon could catch it. It was it was a it was the correct throw to make. It's a tough play for the receiver, but the confidence that he has to to make that kind of throw to a to a receiver that's not wide open, he put it in the right spot. We talk about his elite arm strength. He's clearly shown the ability to understand the offense and be able to work his way through his progressions. I think that will only get quicker. I think that will only get better. I, I think his his. I think his ceiling is is a nine. I think, like they say, it's a super high ceiling. I just, I think that I hate you guys saying that that we all have Ashburn syndrome and we all know about how terrible quarterbacks have developed here over the years. I think this year is a is a is a is a game changer for the way things are run in the organization, and thus I hate and don't agree with what you were saying there. Okay, uh, Mitch is being bullish, which yeah. we know him to be, and that's fine. Rookie quarterbacks are hard to develop when those guys have a different head coach from year one to year two I'm sure it doesn't help either I think all the Ashburn stuff matters a lot he's got five years in the four, four more years after this in Ashburn it's uh, that could be the worst thing ever for him I think just if Pete would ever uh, <laughs> I think even though you try to acknowledge that Ashburn syndrome exists but this is all going to change that is a indictment on the Ashburn syndrome in which you suffer a crossing through your veins so We've seen major changes here, and we've seen it revert to the mean. So certainly, I I sit here in this parking lot looking at the building, hoping to God you're right, because my day-to-day life would be better, our listeners would be happier, everything could improve. I recognize that. But, like, until I see it, dude, I'm not buying any fountain of hope. Like, I look forward to a press conference where we're asking new people questions and we get new answers. But, like, you need to see that for months probably even years before it's like completely believable. Yep. I, I just, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think to dismiss the notion that things are going to be different here is, is overly optimistic. I'm not dismissing. I'm not completely dismissing the fact that it, 
that we don't even know that anything's going to change. <laughs> right. So let I, alone knowing that everything's going to be better. And we don't know how Dwayne's going to improve game to game. We don't know what he's going to show this week against the Packers. Yeah. We don't know what he's going to show game to game. We don't know what he's going to show year to year. We don't know that things are going to change here. I'm saying that as I look at Dwayne's development, I, I think that you I think that his ceiling is a nine, and I think that he can get to a nine here in Ashburn. That's all. I, I agree with that. I think I think changes need to occur. I mean, I just think you to try to dismiss what they're saying about, hey, it's really hard for rookies to make it anyway, and it's really hard here, is, is relevant. Because the best rookie quarterback we've seen in the NFL in the last 10, 20 years is probably Robert Griffin III. And a lot of that, a lot of the troubles and the way everything went is injury and coaching staff and Robert, but part of that is the culture out here in Ashburn, too. That was a time that Bruce didn't have a whole lot of power. Yeah. JP's right. Yeah, dude. Like, I, What are <laughs> we fighting on, about here? Preach on, buddy. Yeah, point to the record. Yeah. Point to the record and move on. The Redskins are bad. It's a bad place. I, I'm not. I'm not questioning. I'm. I'm not questioning. I just don't know why Haskins. Mike Shanahan had a whole lot of control during of that time. Of course he did. Of let's course not pretend did. like but it's w- not. Let's not pretend like it's the Jake Gruden era where he's being told who to cut when and when when he's allowed to. do But it. eventually, the player went to the coach and said, "I'm not doing that anymore," and the player was backed up. Right. Agreed. That happened. Yes. Okay. I agree. Whatever. Let's move on because my, my number's lower than all of you guys, and it's not Ashburn syndrome, and it's it's not the reluctance to allow. a rookie quarterback to develop here what do I always point to with quarterbacks accuracy completion you gotta complete passes you gotta make throws and I know that can improve but it doesn't always one of the most remarkable things Lamar Jackson is doing is that he's completing about 10% higher percentage of his passes than he did in college that doesn't happen and Dwayne completed a ton of his passes at Ohio State he was completing 70% but a lot of that stuff was at the line of scrimmage Mm -hmm. and he looks good deep the intermediate stuff tends to sail on him. A lot of that is correctable. It's fundamentals. It's footwork. But, like, yeah. I believe that when I see it. And I, He's got to put in the work. He has, I mean, every all tool, he has every tool and potential to do it. But, like, is there a scenario where it's like, oh, my rookie year was lost because, you know, it was a coaching fire and we had to figure all this stuff out. And then by year two, it's like, ah, oh, we don't have the right pieces around. And then by year three, he's already struggled. Into, like, the scenario to see it all, but we're talking about a ceiling. We're not talking. You asked yeah, what his potential was. Well. Sure, I got him at an eight. Okay. okay, like Philly said, all the raw tools are there. It's going to be incumbent on on him, on the coaching staff, the strength and conditioning staff, the organization, everybody to cultivate those raw materials into something worthwhile. All right, we're going very long. So we're three nines and an eight. Yep. So make it a 8.8 or something? 8.75 maybe. I don't know. Do, does anybody want to revisit their 9 here, boys? No. You're, you're acting like you're shot you, an 8. You're one you, point below us. Do you want to revisit your question? What do we think happens? No, your question was how high is the ceiling? Yeah. I, I, we all stand by How high is the floor? The floor is a 1 or a 2. Yeah, you could. Right. I think the floor is where he's at right now. Yeah, I think the floor is where we're at. Yeah. So wherever you have them. Yeah. No, the ceiling is the roof. Could, I think there, I think there, always there can always worse. be regression. Think there can always be regression. Well, and things can go sideways. Right. I don't know that he's ever going to physically be a worse quarterback. Like, we saw Robert, when he was unable to run, he was physically he lost, he lost worse. Everything. Like, I don't think this kid will ever be worse right. physically, barring some sort of horrific injury or something. Uh, but, like, I think things could go bad. Things right. can always go bad. Th- th- things can always be worse. So now we do this for Alex Smith, right? <laughs> 
Smith, he might be factoring into all this. I think Alex Smith will factor into all of this, but I don't think he's going to be as a player. Um, <laughs> keep teasing that. I brought it up to Pete uh, on the plane. This is so absurd. <laughs> Pete hates it. Oh, you know this, where is this? Is Mitch trying to get us to blog again? You yeah, know where Nate Orchard of. went to college? Utah. You know where Alex Smith went to college? They, they've got to be ten years apart. So I'm not long. saying that they. I'm not saying. <laughs> you think that they didn't? That he? That Alex didn't know him in some capacity? I went to Maryland, and Pete went to Maryland. Yeah. Were you in a fraternity of ninety people that that <laughs> that was there? What the hell does that mean? Was that, that Alex? He signed Nate Orchard. Was was there some onus from Alex to hey bring this kid in? Oh my god. <laughs> he, was, he was about to tweet that. Or you tweet you, that. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You if heard you it mentioned, here, you heard raise, it hold on. Raise your hand if you mentioned Alex Smith as the GM on the podcast so far this year. I, who's raising their hand? You. But what did I say? Last podcast, you, you. We were talking. We had an Alex discussion. You were like, maybe he's in the front office as GM. I didn't name his name. He's one for one with this Orchard signing. Man, <laughs> this, this kid's on a heater. <laughs> I mean, Nate Orchard played for Utah for two seasons. Yeah. In 2013 and 2014. Okay. Alex Smith was the number one overall pick to the 49ers in 2001. 2004, I think. Yeah. Was it? I don't know. It's stupid. This is the, <laughs> we have mean, a lot of idiotic conversations. This might be the dumbest one we've ever had. Let's I'm do, saying I want to do Phillips' thing. Dudes from dudes from college know each other beyond a, the years that they played there. It was a there. Tuesday workout. They just brought him in. They didn't go, hey, Alex, should we go get Nate Orchard? That is a wacky, Mitch. I love you, buddy. Oh. Philly is working on a really cool story <laughs> for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Ranking... You think they just pulled names out of a hat for who to bring it on Tuesday? <laughs> like... No, but they don't consult Alex Smith. <laughs> Maybe not. Hold on, no, please, because the podcast people can't see your face or your <laughs> motions. How many other people have they signed this year that have no ties to Utah? They've been signing dudes since August, uh, July. And this who, did, who did they sign today? Jo- Jordan, Jordan Vesely. Yeah. Wide receiver. Oh, dude, tell him, Philly. This who, is a big one. who worked out for? Colin Kaepernick. And who, the Skins had played, scouts there. Kaepernick, who played alongside. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Sula was the coach. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, Alex is the new Tampa. Six degrees of Alex. I'm just saying. Get me out of here. Six degrees of Alex. All right. Philly, just talk about the damn stadium (laughs) thing, please. Don't Uh, include any references of Utah in this. Or or 49ers or Alex. I got to say. The Niners stadium is pretty pretty juicy. I I do enjoy the occasional podcast, but, man, you guys are really. This this is something. The uh, the Alex conspiracy theory that he's general manager. Uh, Richmond.com. That he's current general manager. Yes. Nobody's saying he's current. (laughs) You're saying saying that he has input. I'm saying that he has input. I think we can all agree this is a puppet regime. You agree that Alex Smith is up there controlling the puppet strings. I will move on. Richmond.com tomorrow morning. No pay while everybody go enjoy it. Uh, Ranking the 31 NFL stadiums. Say that one more time. No pay wall. Just on that that story, not the whole site. You you want my report? You don't need to kill. Still got to pay. I've been to all 31 stadiums now. Uh, Buffalo was, was... crossing the finish line. Explain why there's 31. Because the Jets and the Giants play together? You nailed it, JP. Okay. Absolutely. Way to follow along there, Finley. <laughs> I was helping folks out. That's yeah. going to be a question. Yeah. Absolutely. Hell, there's only going to be and 30 there, in there two will, years. There will be 30 uh, two years or next year. I think next year. Is that thing ready? I, I, I think it's going to be, yeah. All right. Um, uh, 1 to 31, it, it drops this week because uh, Lambeau Field, number one uh, place to go. That's your uh, number one. That's your one overall. That's my one seat. It's the, the history there. 
the small town to like it being in a neighborhood, uh, the renovations there where they put like the Packers Museum together. It's a really cool place. All right, so let's go. What's your what's your one through five? And I, you know, the top five were like the top tier of them. Okay. Uh, Dallas, I, I think, is absolutely needs to be in any discussion of the best stadiums. Sure. Dallas is amazing. Uh, Minnesota. Um, it was awesome. It's amazing. It. Great Ob- environment. Obviously, you go Atlanta for a new stadium as well. Just the, these ultra new ones where they've really raised the bar yep. on what you can do inside a dome. I also put Heinz Field. Great atmosphere on the river. Uh, always a fun experience yeah. there. Um, let's stick inside the NFC East. My, my guess here would my rankings for the East would be. Dallas, Philly, Meadowlands, FedEx. Is that how you have it? That is how I had it. But you have Dallas is like a yeah. top Sure, I'm five. just saying. Like, Philly's yeah. like 10 to 15 in the both uh, Meadowlands and. Dallas was the runner up and FedEx was next to last. So, next, but I'm saying nice Philly is probably right. in the middle. Yeah. I think I like Philly. I think I it's know, a cool it's city. It's in the middle. I think Meadowlands is closer to the bottom, though. Meadowlands is. Everything is functional and fine. It's just it's, so it's sterile. If you look up NFL Stadium in a dictionary, there's a picture of that stadium. That's just that's like it came out of a Lego kit See, called NFL Stadium. Drop it I think NFL that's city. Cincinnati. Cincinnati is the least. Um, I would put Cleveland. the Bengals below. I liked Cleveland more than I expected. I would I think, put the Bengals below FedEx, dude. It's just I think I think the Bengals is just a concrete block with yeah. like yeah. zero soul, and maybe FedEx has like point five of a soul. Okay. Other than the Chargers Stadium being in LA, that's to me that's pretty low. Yeah, as you well. li- you like the gimmicky that it's well, an MLS there's, stadium. There's only twenty thousand people there. You're right onto everybody's got the a good. Field. Oh, there's twenty thousand no people at FedEx Field too. <laughs> to me, like that doesn't even count because they're the only there. The field is terrible. Until, they have the yeah. damn um, cannon they set off. The cannon's which not is good. awful. The cannon's not good. The um, press box was atrocious. Where are where's the Ravens? The Ravens were like fourteen or fifteen. What's wow. a, what's amazing is the, what's to not like up there. It, it's average, yeah. It's, a, it's a average. Well, I, think it's, I like. Um, it. I like. It's better. I like than Baltimore average. and Seattle. I think are pretty similar stadiums. Oh no, Seattle is way Seattle's cooler. way. But cooler. Seattle is way cooler. Seattle is an, is a top five stadium. Yeah. For me. Where's Arizona? I like that place. That's a good place too. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Seattle and Kansas City. Then Arizona was up there as well. To to me, the amazing thing is uh, the Ravens Stadium and the Redskins Stadium. I know. Built in the same year. So, so uh, Panthers too. Panthers is actually a couple years younger, I think. But if you were to tell me the Panther Stadium and the Ravens Stadium were built in the same year, I'd sure. say, yeah, that's about right. right. They're both of a similar. Right. They, oh, and also this other one was built in the same year. No, it wasn't. It right. was clearly built 30 years earlier. <laughs> I think as a fan, the Superdome is incredible. To work, the Superdome stinks. The press box is, like, super awkward. Um, the, one elevator going down that takes forever. The concourses are actually terrible. They're really skinny. All the sure, fans it's are an old stadium. It's, right. a, it's an old, old stadium. But yeah, that but, place gets loud. Uh, when Bree set that record... I actually, when I wrote that night, because uh, I was writing in the second half, I, I put in earplugs. I believe it. To, to be able to focus oh. and work. There were two uh, games. The Redskins to play there. RG3's first game in New Orleans was the first game back after Bounty Gate and, uh, and all the suspensions and everything. That intro of the players that day and Drew Brees. or whatever. And Drew Brees's, uh, and Drew Brees setting the record. Those were among the two loudest stadiums Piece, parts of the stadium that I've ever been in. It, I, the, the atmosphere is unbelievable sure. there. I think when the Skins coughed up the lead 
the last Kirk year down there when there was that yeah. uh, grounding call. The Remember Eric, that game? Chris Thompson got hurt yes. over yeah. in the fourth quarter. I think that might have been just as loud as the Breeze break yeah. record. Now, some of that, I was down on the field with B. Mitch for that. Yeah, so that being goes. down there and taking it all in versus being in the press box, Breeze broke that record late second quarter, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So that might have been part of that. I, I was down there for the Sugar Bowl, Virginia Tech against Michigan, the Danny Coles game Perfect. where they reviewed the catch of in course, the end zone. I, I was down there on the field for that. That, that was another – yeah, just big fun, Michigan fun. fan. But fun. Seattle, everybody where Seattle is still the loudest. And did you consult Alex? But that's like engineered. The story. I'll Seattle's really loud, but it's engineered to be loud. That's fine. But you were talking about being down on the field. Kansas like, City's naturally loud. Kansas City's loud-ish. I didn't when they were I there. Think they I didn't think that it was up that a bad. Bit. Yeah. yeah. In Seattle, it's because you were there when they played the Reds. In Seattle, it's fair. the sound reverberates. But Alex Smith was the Chiefs quarterback. <laughs> everything everything goes back. All right, tell everybody where to find the story tomorrow. I just see Alex Smith everywhere I go. Richmond.com, my Twitter, Michael P. RTD. Um, and uh, Dudley's, you're going to yeah. come meet you him in Dudley's and ask Phillips him questions. at Dudley's yeah. tomorrow And night. yell at him about his list yeah. or thank him for his I'll list. be the guy eating wings. My guy. So I looked up. Entrees include. Oh, I lost it. No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, fish and chips. Eh. Yeah. Spaghetti and meatballs. Eh. Fried chicken, strong. Yes. Ribs, oh, wait, and strong. Fried chicken comes with mac and cheese, too. Yeah, dude. Gotta have mac and cheese. And then Spaghetti and meatball at a bar strikes me as a little... It's like a restaurant dish. I guess it's a restaurant. Uh, strip steak and crab cakes. I'm probably going ribs or fried chicken so or the, both. So the thing about how big... I think I buy one, well, I get one. you can go one and right? you get the other. How, how big's the steak? 12 ounces. It's huge. So you could get 24 ounces of steak. I'm not sharing. My free is coming to me. Now I have a feeling Mitch might be going. (laughs) I'm in on this, Philly. I get one, take the other home to my apartment and eat it later? Sure. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, there's no rule. Remember remember how Pete started? Hello? Hello? Um, Before we go, I wanted to read something that was pretty, pretty damn cool. I don't know if you guys have been seeing this on Twitter. We also have this Montez Sweat interview coming up, so don't go anywhere. Um... I don't know who started this. Oh, yeah. Matt um, made this list of, like, reporters, reporters as football players. And the great Liz Locker Room, I don't know what her, her Twitter is now, but she's, like, one of my favorite Twitter follows. Now she's loved the puck. Tweeted out, there's one person that would definitely be on my list, the late, great Tandler. Tandler. So I asked her, hey, what position for Tandler? And I got a number of replies that were pretty funny. Uh, Liz said she'd play him at fullback. My boy Pistu said he'd be, well, you know how in fantasy it's just defense? Yeah. That'd be Tandler, just <laughs> defense. But Andy Tandler, our dear friend and Rich's uh, late wife, or no. Is that right? Yeah. No. I think that implies she's not around. Yeah, late, Rich's wife. Rich's wife. The late Rich. The late Rich's wife. wife. Yeah. 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 yeah, let's get that right. She replied on Twitter, according to the 1971 McLean High School football program, <laughs> junior Rich Tandler played guard on the varsity <laughs> team just a guard and she said i've been cleaning out the garage andy if you're listening send me a picture i need please, to please see we that. need that picture yeah. uh, she sent paul woody a very nice note on his retirement announcement okay. he's a very nice person congrats very, to paul nice too person, yeah. um, i liked I, I said rt should be the analytics department i thought your answer was the best Mitch. Was there's funny. no bad answer but there's no bad it's answer. just funny she responded with what he actually played yeah. you and you, you and him yeah two of you once upon a time i like that everyone has a general position and then I was center. But there were no other offensive linemen. On the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the, on the it, it's Texas-style, seven-man. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor would play Lazy Boy. You on there, Philly? No, I didn't make the cut. Pete is on there. I'm, I'm on a running back. I'm, I'm, s- I'm swagged out running back. I think I'm on the practice squad. Yeah, we'll call you up. Um, I'm going to give you a good look, the opponent. Philly, I think you'd be a hell of a gunner. 
Nothing, on special nothing better than Callahan talking about how Case Keenum was giving him a great oh. look on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, so here's the full thing: time at quarterback, uh, which is obvious. Pete at running back, Mark Bullock at fullback, center at for Mitch. I'm a wideout, which I, I don't know. These <laughs> these wheels have gone flat. Uh, <laughs> Hoff at wideout, Kareem at slot, Lake Lewis at tight end, Dukes and Russell at D tackle. The kicker and punter is Grant. He's doing both. And Rhiannon is your head coach, Philly. I like that Lake took a little video yesterday trying to show off his hands and just straight drop the football. That couldn't have been from yesterday. I think that video is old. Is that old? Look, it's like sunny. and It can be sunny and cold. We weren't out here yesterday. Ah, that's a better point. Yeah. <laughs> that's the more astute point. All right. Either way, those hands are terrible. Well, what's, what's Pete's ceiling on the uh, zero to ten back effect uh, Rogers scale? Well, it's a running back, so it's zero to Barry Sanders. Oh yeah. my god, oh, I don't boy. like being tackled. I'd run out of bounds every time. <laughs> I'd slide like a quarterback. Right. I'd slide like a quarterback. <laughs> All right, here comes Montez Sweat. Thank you very much for listening. Go check out OrsmanAutomotiveOfVirginia.com. There is a time when healthcare made house calls. Thanks to CVS Health, that time has come again. With in-home care visits for those who need extra help. Nurses that administer intravenous treatments in patients' homes. Home delivery and video visits for care by face-to-face chat right from bed. At CVS Health, we're creating the future using a simple idea from the past. CVS Health, where health is everything. Not all prescriptions eligible for delivery. Allen going to pass for it, looking end zone, being chased from behind by Montez Sweat, and Sweat gets to him, back at the nine-yard line. Redskins, first-round rookie, outside linebacker, Mr. Montez Sweat, off to a, uh, a great start in that Carolina Panthers game, had to leave with a bit of a quad injury. I know you said you're, you're feeling okay, good to go for Green Bay. How much fun were you having on the field in Charlotte? <laughs> I was having a lot of fun. I'm mad it got cut short. What started to go so well for you? I know they were trying to block you with a tight end. That seems like a bad idea. Yeah, I, I got those uh, those mismatches against the tight end, which uh, a DN against the tight end is never a good mismatch. So I got, got the chance to take advantage of that mismatch. Bigger picture for you at, at this point in your NFL career, second half of the season, are, are things starting to slow down for you? Most definitely. Uh, I started slowing down a couple – a couple of weeks ago, a little earlier in the season, I'm just learning defense more, learning what people are supposed to do around me more and actually figure out, you know what I'm saying, with the game plan, how we're trying to attack the offense. Let's talk about kind of your rookie year to begin with. So Redskins traded up to get you in the 20s of the first round. They were very excited for you to get here. There was so much hype, particularly after your combine where you had all these impressive numbers and the, the metrics were just off the charts. Then in the first month of the season, you guys start losing, coach gets fired, maybe you're not producing at a level I'm guessing you wanted to. How hard has been the transition to the NFL for you? I mean, it was challenging, uh, just like any other rookie, I, I, I would say, uh, transition from college to the NFL. But uh, in, these, in these conditions, it was definitely challenging. But uh, I just leaned on the vets, and they helped me out a lot, a lot, a lot uh, during this process. Who of the veteran guys are, are you close with? John Allen, Ryan Kerrigan, Ryan Anderson, Matt Adonis, all, all those guys on the front seven in, in my room, uh, I'm pretty tight with. Kerrigan, you kind of remind me of Kerrigan in a way. You just want to let your play do the talking, not big media guys. I don't see you a ton on social media outside of Old Spice-related <laughs> <laughs> commercials. What do you learn from watching Ryan? 
I mean, a lot. Uh, the way he carries, the way he carries himself, the way he carries himself uh, on the field, man. He's just a, a premier guy on, uh, about what a what a pro is to be, how to how to how to be a pro. Well, and then a dude like Ryan Anderson, who is not a quiet person. <laughs> I imagine you've known him a little time just from going back to your days in the SEC. What's it like being in the OLB room with him? Oh man, it's great. Uh, Ryan is an active guy, excited guy, man. He keeps that chip on, the, on everybody's shoulder, man. That, that energy guy just telling everybody to keep on going. So there's also this kind of uniqueness to your draft position, because in most cities, and certainly in this city, if you were the first round pick, all the media attention would be on you. You'd be <laughs> dealing with me constantly. But because you came in with a quarterback, with, with Dwayne Haskins, 15th overall, maybe all the lights are shining that way, and that's what everybody's so keyed in on. How does that feel for you? I mean, <laughs> I guess it feels uh, feels a, a little better that uh, you got somebody to, you got another first round pick to, to handle all the, the media stuff with, man. But uh, everybody has a job and everybody has something that they need to do, and uh, we're just trying to do the best of, that to, best of that to our ability. I remember at the Jefferson Memorial, where you and Dwayne did your first media availability together as Redskins players. How has your relationship grown from, from that day? Oh, tremendously, man. Uh, that was actually my first, my first day meeting Dwayne and uh, just leaning, le leaning on each other during, during this year, man. We, we uh, developed a relationship. How do you feel like he's playing? I mean, you guys are on a two-game win streak. He's you know, started <clears throat> four games now. I never doubted Dwayne's Dwayne skill set from the time I seen him throw the ball, but definitely moving forward, he's getting more comfortable in the pocket, uh, just being out there on the field. Just the experience is the most is the biggest trait that uh, any rookie that any rookie can get. So he's getting better every week. There's a lot of talk about the the pieces on the offense between Dwayne, Geis, McLaurin, Harmon, some of the younger guys that you can build forward. How do you feel about the maybe the younger guys on the defensive side? Oh, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty good, man. We got a lot of young pieces across the board, um, uh, across the whole Redskins uh, team. So yeah, I feel good about that. So, so looking ahead to Green Bay, you're going to play in Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers. That's arguably the most famous football stadium in the world, and arguably the best quarterback on the planet. How do you gear up for it? I mean, just like uh, any other week, man. You, you. Look at the game plan. You scout your guys that you're going up against, man. And you try to find tendencies within the within the team that you can uh, that you can knock on, man. So you just treat it like any other week, man, and try to go get the W. But surely, on some level, there's got to be some recognition <laughs> that it's not any other week. Every team has that guy. I mean, last last week it was Christian McCaffrey. Sure. This year's, I mean, this week is going to be Aaron Rodgers. So we just got to take away, take away, cut the head off the snake, man, and keep moving forward. How are you settling into life as a pro in D.C.? A guy from Atlanta, you know, college in Mississippi. You've been here not quite a year, but a while now. How's it going? It's going good, man. I mean, I work and go home. That's, that's, that's what I do. Yeah, but you still got to sit in traffic and pay high <laughs> gas prices and whatever else. Yeah, man, I'm not really paying attention to all that type of stuff. I just want to do good at my job, and uh, that's pretty much it. Now, I know Chad is your position coach, but you must interact with Jim Tom a fair amount. How's that going? What's that like for you? That's good, man. I, I interact with Jim Tom and uh, Manessa a lot, man. Both of those guys has uh, been been big keys to uh, you know just giving me things to build upon. It, but Chad definitely has helped was a guy I'm with all the time. So yeah. And and it seems like the last few weeks you guys have 
moved around more at the line of scrimmage. There's been more blitzing, more more guys fronting like they're coming and stuff. Am I seeing that right? Have you noticed those changes? I mean, most definitely. We always had those type of packages within the deals. Just the times where we can actually use those use those packages uh, based upon the game situation. Thank you very much, Montez. Appreciate your time. Bullish Mitch. All right, we got to go. Uh, anybody, Chef, you want to say thank you to the good folks, Oarsman Automotive of Virginia? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Oarsman Automotive. Thank you for everything y'all doing. Out there, I need a car, too. <laughs> so do I. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Chantilly Toyota. Let's ride together. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Horseman Fairfax Toyota. Let's ride together.